Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Have a Drink with Riley Dewey. I'm your host, Riley, and today I'm joined by the Matthew Schwartz, a.k.a. Schwartz. Uh, Schwartz, what are we drinking today? Well, first off, Riley, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, There's a lot that goes into the beverage I've selected. Uh, Mostly, I consider myself a connoisseur of said beverage style, and I'm giving them up for a couple of months for a little tolerance break, we we've got an energy drink. I don't hands. I've never really had an energy drink. Now, here's the here's the thing about energy drinks, you know, they're they're kind of like makeup. Everybody's got their own brand and style and they all claim to do different things. That's all horse shit. <laughs> they all do the same thing. Uh I've never had this brand before. This is Self Celsius, uh Live Fit. And the 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 flavor I'm having is sparkling kiwi guava. What, how did you pick these flavors? Uh, well, the, in CVS, there's an aisle for the canned beverages. Yeah, and usually they usually stock three flavors of every type of energy drink. Yeah, and I went right to the one I never had, and I was like, huh, if I was a flavor, I think I'd be kiwi guava. <laughs> And you know, I feel like I know you well enough, Riley, to say that you are. I forgot. I'm an the, apple apple person. Apple Fuji pear. apple pear. Fuji apple That's pear. That's right. And just just because I think it's funny, this beverage claims to be a healthy energy source, activates metabolism, and burn, and it burns body fat, and it's clinically proven for running, cycling, and yoga. So what, it does it all. It does it all. Will I be running, cycling, or doing yoga tonight? I don't think so, but then again, uh, caffeine has not affected me since the first grade. No, I'm kidding. Since, like, two years ago. And uh, let's crack let's these crack open, open, man. Yeah, we'll Some go. ASMR. Ooh. Ooh. And right off the bat, mine smells like Ooh. metal. Mine smells so strong. Yeah, that's that's the flavor. Mine smells very apple Oh, yeah. That's actually pretty good. It's it's Mine's sensational. I'll tell you this much. You okay? You I was expecting when I saw energy drink, I was like, oof. Yeah. I'm not a big energy, but like, cause the bangs scare me and stuff like that. And usually, the usually I'll go I'll go for a bang because those are fitness energy drinks. Yeah, they've creatine, right? Yeah, they've got creatine, amino acids, the whole nine. It's pretty good. I don't I don't really mess with Monster because uh, they they're very scary to look at. Yeah. All the brand and, and, and have you seen all the people who like keep who people monster drinkers like keep their monster cans yeah i i once worked with a guy named mark at diamond gymnastics and rock climbing shout out east hanover new jersey who who would holster a monster energy drink and you could tell it was the afternoon because that's when he would crack into one for the entirety of the day never left his hand and he was always tired nonetheless despite regularly sipping on these monsters but i can't just can't. yeah if you want to uh, just put it down here, because that, that'll My rattle apologies. a little bit. So it's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. So I, since everyone I've had so far is from Emerson, how did you pick Emerson? Like, how do you know that this was the place for you? Well, long story. <laughs> My good friend Truman Siegel, who is a sophomore here, okay, was looking into the school and. His dad is actually close friends with Marty Cook, the woman who kind of founded the major that I am a part mm-hmm. of. However, I didn't know this going into looking at the school. Truman's good friend, Maddie, 
just randomly threw out there, hey, you should check out Emerson Mm -hmm. because they've got this comedy program and I think you'd like it. So I did a quick Google and completely fell in love with the school, the atmosphere, the location. I knew I wanted a city location. I didn't really want – I didn't want a quad, you know, like I didn't like the football and the quad aesthetic. So Emerson – This worked. It worked, man. And like what other schools were you looking at? Well, with with the comedy major in mind, the Columbia School of Chicago has a similar oh. program, however, not exact. It wasn't as established as this program. Yeah. So, also it's incredibly colder up there. I know I know a person who's there right now in Chicago, yeah. Her Snapchat stories of just harsh winters and sadness did not it's worse than i mean it's definitely worse than boston ours is pretty bad though so it's... i can't imagine what that would be like to yeah to I've, I've i've been in some new jersey snowstorms and i'm starting to realize snow acts differently regionally <laughs> and i was telling my friend that the snow here is just built different it's like it doesn't cooperate no new jersey snow is very liberal it moves <laughs> it, it forms around your foot boston snow no zero fucks given <laughs> Um, so, yeah, you're a comedy major, and I'm correct, your focus is, like, stand-up? Stand-up comedy. You've done a lot of stand-up even before you got here, which is, like, pretty, round of applause for you. you. Like, that's pretty freaking cool. Like, I, you were, this is correct, you were on Good Morning America? I believe I I was on, I don't remember. Or am I wrong about the show? I think it was the Today Show. The Today Show, okay. Yeah, I was on the Today Show promoting Jeff Foxworthy's show that he's a part of um Bring the Funny. It's basically it's it's a co- comedy show where all you have to do is make the the judges laugh. It could mm-hmm. be through anything. Oftentimes at stand up I've seen musical performances, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, yeah. and through some people my mom knows, she she was able to get me a spot. Now, ideally it would have been longer than 1 minute. <laughs> Well, you only had a minute? I only had a single minute, oh a minute-long <laughs> set, okay? Now, you've been to stand-up in the yes. park. You see how easy it is for people to go over the allotted five minutes. Yeah. So then when they were like, when we mean when we say one minute, we really mean one minute. <laughs> That's going to be frightening. Yeah, and it was just... So you just do one joke? Yeah, no, well, it was, it's it was like a, a really fast set like really fast like the set that i picked i could have adapted to be five minutes Mm -hmm. and it was a set i had already done and i figured out how to condense it down to one minute but the the conditions were not optimal okay (laughs) it was 11 o'clock in the morning they the way i wanted to stand up at 11 in the morning who it's 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 not my favorite time to do anything. <laughs> no, no, no. It was 11 o'clock in the morning. The way the show works is they pull people in off the street to be audience members, depending on the segment that they're doing. Yeah. So it was all people I don't know. And usually people that make up the audience are people you do know or genuinely want to see you. Yeah. So complete strangers. Who don't want to see you at everyone's all. Everyone's tired. <laughs> and I have one minute. Yeah. So it, af- after the performance, Jeff Foxworthy gave me a ton of great advice. He's a super cool dude, really talented comedian. And he was like, this will have been the hardest set you have ever done because of those conditions. Wow. On top of the fact, nobody has yeah. drank any alcohol. <laughs> it <laughs> does. Like, it does it's, yeah, no, it really is. And so were you on the show? 
How did you get? How were you there promoting the show? Well, the, it was a it was a mock setup of the show. So oh. the idea being a comedian was performing for a judge, and they could get feedback after the fact. And after I did the set, I joined Jeff Foxworthy on stage with the two hosts of the yeah. show, and we kind of gabbed over what happened. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And do, like, do you keep in touch with him now? No, I followed him on Instagram. Uh, Did he follow back? I don't know. <laughs> I just, he's a busy guy. He's got several shows. What else is he doing? He, he well, he does stand up. He is a stand up okay. comedian. And he's he's done some quirky little shows. Like, I, I'm not familiar with the titles, but the premise is something like, if you want to sell it, we'll sell it for it. You know what I mean? Okay. So, Interesting. Yeah, but he he's known as like the highest grossing comedian because of the fact he works clean, so he's more marketable and he's oh. done so much television. The problem for most stand-up comics is that because they have, you know, censored content, yeah. stuff that's not safe for TV, it's yeah. harder for them to do televised programs outside of a special. But if you work clean, you can do so much you can more. Do a lot, yeah. And so Jeff really early on figured this out and has just conquered like box conquered offices, etc., etc. Yeah. Et That's awesome. That's really cool that you got to do that. And it's interesting looking back because I never intentionally chose to be a clean comic. You are generally yeah. quite clean. Like some of your topics are like I don't know, they're like college student topics, but you don't curse. I now just... that I like and it's it's like it's interesting because I feel like during my stand up sets I curse more than I do normally, which is not mar- yeah. <laughs> not mar- but that's also not my career field. I'm just doing it for fun. But like, yeah, I didn't even realize that. And so, do you and is that something that just subconsciously happened, or um, I was kind of trained into doing it. So when I started doing stand up comedy, I had to do stand up for these coffee houses that my high school would put on the drama depart- the drama club would host these annual coffee houses each two seasons so there was a winter one and a spring okay. one and being in a school setting they yeah. could not advocate for swear words and cursing and i didn't want the drama club to get in trouble for yeah. saying some profane five minutes <laughs> so i i immediately was immediately was like okay i should i should keep it pg and it just has worked here as well. Right, right. But that doesn't mean I can't talk about what I still want to yeah. talk about, which are, you know, not PG topics. Like, I, the first set that I've ever done and the one that I turned into the one-minute set was about how the I find all the, the high school, the idea of the high school bathroom. It's like the twilight zone of your adolescence and how... People have, you know, thrown full hamburgers out in the toilet and just, you know, gross stuff. And yeah. the, the whole, like, climax was, like, how a teacher recognized me by looking at my shoes and asked me for my homework because he saw my shoes. While you were in the bathroom? Yeah, Ed- Eddie, if you ever have him on the show, it mentioned it one of his sets, and I meant to talk to him about it. Like, hey, we had, like, you know, similar, similar bathroom, bathroom experiences. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I just it it's still dirty stuff per yeah. se, but that doesn't mean you can't talk about in a, it in a clean way. That's so interesting because I feel like I feel like people think clean comedians like have to stray away from that. Do you, like do you find that to be true? Like you you've talked about like 
se- very sexual experiences oh, as, of as well. Yeah, no, uh, no, during and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. I guess when I think of clean comedian, I don't think of that. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the I think that people resort to cursing because it reflects their personality. Okay. And if you are confident and comfortable in cursing, power to you. Yeah. It's just for me. It's never made sense to curse because in my mind it dilutes the comedy that I'm trying to perform. Okay. But I can name tons of comedians who kick ass because they curse. Yeah. Like my I've I've got three favorite comedians. I don't know if this is a later question. No, that. it isn't. Oh, so cool. you can because I asked Jonah this and he went on for like ten minutes. <laughs> got you, got you. I've I've got three favorite comedians that I think reflect different aspects of me. My favorite comedian of all time is Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Set the bar pretty high for me, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you know he's he's the goat for a yeah. reason, and he kind of reflects what makes me laugh. Okay. His, his content reflects what I often yeah. find funny, and I've also always gravitated to him because he reminds me a lot of my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Not in the sense that he's old, but like he, both of them are so good at r- relaying concepts and ideas and stories that are so foreign or like specific to them mm-hmm. to other people that okay. you completely understand them yeah so it's like a the idea of being in hollywood is something that Chappelle has talked a lot about mm-hmm. and that's such an exclude you have to yeah. be in hollywood in order to get it yeah yet all of his fans makes it clear to yeah. everybody uh two is sebastian maniscalco i haven't heard of him oh my god i need to get on dude it. I, th- I think I might leave. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, he he. Do you know who Andrew Dice Clay is? Oh my God, Riley! How have you had all? How are you on the comedy floor? <laughs> I was fun here. <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay. This is why I'm here on the comedy right, floor right. to learn this to education. Learn. Yeah, you know, it's an intensive. <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay is like the the this rock star comic who kind of has like this mafiosa persona like mm-hmm. a real real cool guy and his whole thing was always talking about women's pubic hair and he's like i wish women would have a bush more like that was his whole thing <laughs> and he discovered not discovered but he kind of chaperoned this guy named sebastian maniscalco who yeah. again similar italian kind of through line yeah very physical style of comedy okay and I believe, or at least I hope, that I am a physical comedian. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, like, I do a lot with my body during my performances and my sets. Yeah. I don't know. You, you're no, there. I know. I <laughs> no, I would see, especially during your, like your. It's one of my favorite sets, the Grandma Pot set. Right. Yeah. The like, Pot Mom set. The Pot Mom set, and like your whole pine cone and like it, I don't know. And now I think like you are very visual. You you work with your hands right. to sort of like shape shape it in the air and it does work it works very well thank you thank you <laughs> yeah I, I i figured out that through him and i bring him up because stylistically what he talks about and does kind of falls a lot okay. of line to what i talk about and do so and that's what you like so because that's that's actually one of my my one of my points was um what is your humor that you like to laugh at and then like what's your humor you like to give because it's very because it can be very different for some right, people right right yeah and this all um, falls in. We'll get to the third comic yeah. after this question. Okay. But the, the humor that I laugh at and the humor I give are very different. Yeah. 
I tend to laugh at a lot of random is funny. You know what I mean? Like the the meme culture makes me laugh a lot. <laughs> and I've had this conversation with a few people about the difference between Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter memes yeah. and how it's kind of one is more elitist and the other is more unanimous. Yeah. Like a mom could understand a Facebook meme, but if I showed my mom any of my Instagram memes, she'd would need a five minute debriefing about what she just saw. And what's Twitter? Twitter's kind of like, hey, I own Twitter, so I get it. <laughs> yeah. Like I you see the tweet the st- the statement you see that tweet has never made sense to me because I don't have Twitter. You don't have Twitter? No, I don't get it, man. I don't I don't understand. Your roommate's a tweet god. I know. Apparently, you know, it's, Max Charbonneau made a tweet about me the other day, something to the effect of, my roommate is such a flirt, we're going to practice kissing after he vacuums. <laughs> and I had no clue until someone brought it up. Brought it up in front of you? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd just like to say that is not true. We did not practice kissing later. <laughs> That's very funny. But um yeah, the very very clever editing and just random is funny. Yeah. And I'm also big into stories. Like I've always loved storytelling, like the way yeah. my grandparents tell stories and my uh my my friends' parents tell stories. Just the the art of storytelling I think is is a very unique one mm-hmm. and very unknown one. Mm-hmm. So those kinds of things make me laugh. Mm-hmm. Whereas the humor that I give is kind of like I'm big into self-deprecation. Because why not? I don't get why people shit on self-deprecation. I think that if you can, if you can talk about yourself, that's one of the most courageous things mm-hmm. to do, and especially embarrassing things. Yeah. And so it's often like the humor I give is stuff from my life mm-hmm. and a lot of self-deprecation. Yeah. And again, like physical comedy. Okay. I see that. I feel like I don't know I feel like mine are I feel like I, I feel like everybody has a little bit of a random aspect that I know it's hard not to laugh at like TikToks and stuff like that. I'm a little obsessed. But I feel like I like I do a little bit of separate self-deprecation in mine or just like what the fuck is sort of like yeah. I like to question everything in my sets. It's sort of just my ramblings. So I find it interesting. So you're much more um I've noticed you're very crafted. Like, your word choice is very specific for everything, and I right. really like that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I I write out most of my stuff, and the... But you, you did it sometimes, like, right before we go, go okay, on. Well, <laughs> that's just me being in my head, <laughs> thinking that the set I already did is terrible. And That's you writing a new set? Yeah. I remember you one had... time <laughs> I wrote a set for stand-up in the park, performed the set, People told me it went well, but in my mind, I was like, that was terrible. Yeah. Went to my room and for the next hour wrote a completely different <laughs> set. Went to the 8 o'clock show and performed that. And how did that one go? Uh, Well, uh, I always assume I did bad, which is really? great for me because it just makes me work harder. Yeah. However, I was told it went okay. Okay. Well, there you go. That's the first one I think went better than the one I wrote later in the day. Okay. Interesting. It's interesting. This is like I don't know. Maybe like you second guessed yourself, and I guess in in that in that way. Yeah. Well, it's 
I, I, I'm very tone deaf, and what I mean by that is that I, I'm able to tell if what I say is offensive or incorrect. Yeah. What I mean is I can't hear people laugh, which is very, very complicated Wait, for being what? a comedian. And people would be like, Schwartz, you did great. Schwartz, that went well. Schwartz, good job. And I'll immediately assume I do bad because when I'm up there, I can't <laughs> hear. hear. I just hear nothing. Like, I'll hear the odd giggle. <laughs> but in reality, when I watch the video, it's laughter, and people will be like, what do you mean you did terrible? Did, yeah. Did you hear? No, I didn't hear. That's so interesting. How do you not hear? It's just, I get so caught up in the performance mm. that it's... I I equate it to running. I don't know if you run, but... I don't. I had to a little bit in middle school, but I understand running as a... Sport. I I did cross country <laughs> and track for three years, mm-hmm. so the runner's high is something I'm familiar with. And often when I I run, I become completely oblivious to my surroundings, and constantly run into tree branches. Like I'm I'm pretty tall. I'm six one, <laughs> and it's just how did you not see that tree branch? Because I'm so focused in what I'm doing. The okay. same kind of happens with stand up. How did you not hear laughter? Oh. I was so caught up in performing i'm like the opposite where i get caught up in what everyone's reaction is that sometimes i'll forget what i need to say yeah it's and that could be an issue it's somewhere. weird man it is really weird um what was your third third comedian all right <laughs> so we got dave Chappelle, who makes me laugh sebastian maniscalco who is most like my style of mm-hmm. comedy and a very underrated comedian for number three mark maron yeah, I heard How about him. How do you him. know him? The least known. No, because of the Eddie Eddie did an interview with him. No, that's not Mark Marin. Believe that's Mark Norman. <laughs> oh my god. The, okay, the name sounds similar. Mark and Mark. Mark and Marin Norman. That's so okay, similar. Maybe I'll allow it. <laughs> that's this the last he, letter have you seen switched. The movie, the, not the movie. The show Glow. Yes. Okay, he's in that. I don't know what character he is in Glow. However, he's got a Google beard it. usually, glasses perhaps. Anyways, his person his actual personality is most like mine. Largely because he's Jewish, so am <laughs> I, and that's often what he talks about in comedy. Oh, yes. That guy. That's him? Yep. Oh my Mark gosh. Marin everyone. He plays for everyone who watches Glow, Sam Sylvia. And he, I saw his special End Times Fun and was like, this this guy has my life. How? I thought I was the only one with crazy parents and a Jewish upbringing. But I was glad to be proven wrong. Glad to be proven wrong. Are, do you, how much did your parents have like an influence on your humor? I would not be here without Sarah and Jay Schwartz. <laughs> They, 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 no, I never had a filter growing up, both from what I was allowed to say Mm -hmm. and what they said around me. And (laughs) my mom loves to, loves to apologize to me for allowing me to watch Family Guy so early on in my life, which is funny because, you know, that's an adult show, but as a kid, you don't understand what they're talking about, so... Apology accepted, I guess. <laughs> Didn't really know what it was going on. just went over my head anyway. But outside of what they physically do that makes me funny, the the environment definitely impacted 
my comedy mm-hmm. and what makes me laugh for sure, for sure. Because your your mom's a little bit an odd <laughs> oddball. I uh, love her though. From the from the few conversations I've had on the phone with her with you, it's she's very, very very much a people person. Yeah. Um, I like to tell people to before they meet my parents and they ask, you know, what are your parents like? Oh, the the analogy I came up with is that they're not my parents. They're hired actors with the role of my parents. Oh, my God. And everything they've done up until this point was scripted. That's because so Because it can't funny. be real. Because <laughs> it can't be real. That's really funny. It's like the episode, is it in, is it in SpongeBob? Where he hired, no, it's what show? It's like a cartoon show where they hire parents. God, I can't think of it at the time. If only I knew. I'm really upset with myself. Where like... He's embarrassed for someone to meet his actual parents. I will say, though. It was Patrick. Patrick, Patrick. hired parents on SpongeBob. Wow. My SpongeBob knowledge is lacking. I was more of a chowder kid growing up. I like chowder. Chowder Chowder should have gone on for longer. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's hot your take. hot take. Hot take. Chowder should have gone on longer. Um, moving forward. Um you, the most recent thing you've been doing is closet pranks. You've been hiding oh in, <laughs> you've been hiding in people's closets <laughs> and trying to scare them. Um, let me let me preface that by saying the plan <laughs> is not to scare anyone. That might just be a byproduct. The plan is more so to get a reaction out of me having been there <laughs> for like that if, long. If fear is your reaction, that's it. But but go on. You're saying like if, so. What is the best prank you've ever pulled. Oh, okay. Again, random is funny. Okay. Which is where most of my pranks originate from. A buddy of mine named Jason Visitacion. Filipino. Okay. Really, really great kid. Was a friend of mine starting in about the seventh grade. And we had this this local game show that would travel from school to school and the kids would compete Mm -hmm. called the brain buster challenge Mm -hmm. or something like that and one day i was just sitting there in the auditorium like wouldn't it be funny if i got this entire auditorium to just start cheering for jason it didn't work it was just me yelling jason (laughs) however over the next five months Anyone who saw Jason would stop and clap for him and start <laughs> chanting, Jason! And this went on for all of the 8th grade. Like, all of the 8th grade. No. Random people. People that I didn't even know would just it clap just, for Jason. It just, Jason. like, spread like it wildfire? Spread. I had a cult following around this kid. <laughs> and I would like to take some credit for people knowing him. What did he? What, did, what was his reaction? Oh, he was constantly embarrassed. <laughs> At the height of it, we had to assemble outside of our school before they let us in for the day. And yeah. one day, I got all the entire eighth grade class, all of the eighth grade class, two hundred people, to sing "Happy Birthday" for Jason. <laughs> Not even close to his birthday. 200 kids at least. Happy birthday! <laughs> outside, freezing cold. Head and his, you, the entire time, his he head was down. He was so like, mortified. Man, what the fuck? <laughs> Made me laugh. Was, no, that's yes. hey, that's hilarious. I can't believe, like, I can't believe you got it to go on for that long. The only other time something as close to that happened was there's this acting competition called Fez Fest, mm-hmm. 
and uh, several schools come and compete for various acting-related yeah. things, and there's a big awards ceremony at the end. And so I got this entire auditorium, again, of people to sing happy birthday no. for a kid whose birthday was not even remotely close to. <laughs> that so, was more fun. That's really funny. I've never had, like, a prank that the, the long-going pranks are the best. The ones that you can continue on oh, yeah. and just torture someone for the a payoff while. It's <laughs> better every time exponentially. Exactly. Oh my god, that's so good. I, I know we've got a lot to get to. I yeah. hope this does not take too that's much time. Fine. But I would like to make a public statement about Jackson Bailey. You know, great guy. However, I believe he is a charlatan, a uh, mischievous man who... So you're coming out, I so in the last episode, I said there was an anonymous source. Who right, was, right, you right. want to come out. No, no, I don't know who that anonymous <laughs> source was, but I will say this. I did listen to that episode, great episode. I'm starting a movement. Uh, the Jackson Bailey was faking it movement because I cannot believe that... I refuse to believe Jackson Bailey had facial hair in the fifth grade and a full beard by the eighth grade. So you think he's lying. And I listened to all those claims, and I believe all of them, especially by that great source you got, whoever that informant yeah. was, great guy or girl. The The thing is, though, the beard statement just resonated with me, and I, I, I will be doing a full investigation. I would, too. It's cr- You can't start growing facial hair in the fifth grade. I knew kids in the fifth grade. None of them had facial yeah. hair. That's, that, it, it's beyond me, and I don't know if it's the water in Memphis, but it's. Yeah, I just can't believe it. I'm sorry, Jackson Bailey. I apologize. I love you, but you know that is a beard of lies that sits on your a face. A beard of lies. I'm saying that now. That's so funny. Um, I will have Jackson address it the next time because we're doing a little mini series on the sh- on the show. I'm gonna have him address that. Next time. I do expect a statement okay. of sorts. And, you know, a formal statement on his beard. If a beef is started, uh, I will get my people involved. But, you know, that's for another time. Okay. Interesting. Some uh, uh, A war between Schwartz and Jackson. It's not a Twitter Jackson. beef. I don't have Twitter. So I <laughs> might fight him in hand-to-hand combat uh, or perhaps a high-stakes poker match. Something where I know I'll win. <laughs> that That's where I'm coming from. Unless he admits, you know, the beard thing. It's a lie. A fabrication. Jackson, if you're listening, it's time to address the it. The gauntlet has been laid out for you. <laughs> um, completely switching things, but so, uh, you did, you've done musical theater. <laughs> that is a stretch. <laughs> stretch? Big stretch. You like, okay, you're a secret musical theater fan. Oh, no, no denying that. I feel like you don't, like, from the outside, you don't look like a musical theater person, but when you get to, when you, like, a few conversations in, you'll hear about musical theater. All of my friends growing up were into musical theater, starting from when it was available. So my school system allowed musical theater in the sixth grade, and I knew some kids were into that. For some reason, I was always just drawn to stage crew. Mm -hmm. I did not have any singing talent growing up. However, being on stage still appealed to me. Yeah. And I freaking Miss Pomeroy from the sixth grade gave the role of... We had a raffle for stage crew. I didn't know that it was such a hot commodity. Needless to say... We couldn't get enough. Yeah, right? Like, I, I... 
I, kid wants to carry around. I mean, I I was that type of person, but like most kids don't want to carry around things backstage. And who wants to stand still and quietly for an hour and a half, <laughs> waiting to move four times? Yeah, me, I do. So eventually, I got into stage crew in the sixth and no, the seventh and eighth grade, mm-hmm. where I had started making friends who were actually performing in the show. So I always I grew up around musicals. Okay. However, only the musicals that were being performed at my schools. Okay, okay. I didn't choose to start performing until 11th and 10th grade where I did a student production of a play called The Heidi Chronicles. Yeah, I know that. A very very obscure play <laughs> in the 12th grade known as William Shakespeare's Long Lost First Play. The premise these theater, like a Shakespearean acting company, yeah. finds allegedly what is known as Shakespeare's first work in his grave. The joke being, we don't know where Shakespeare is buried. They dug up some random transcript of all of these mixed up Shakespeare stories. And there's like an A plot and a B plot. And the play originally had only three people. And each person had nine roles assigned what? to them. However, in the footnote of the play itself, it says... Starring three and up to 27. So it could be adapted to a high school if you wanted. And I played one of the theater company performers and Puck from um, Midsummer. Yeah. Right? And it's very strange. It was my first, like, lead role in a high school, high school production. And by that time, they had announced that they were doing the Drowsy Chaperone. Mm Mm-hmm. Great show. Yeah. A lot of people on this floor have been... Jonah Bowen was man and chair. The lead role. I was the understudy, but janitor... No, sorry. (laughs) Superintendent, which is code for janitor. Yeah. In that show. But COVID happened, so I never got to perform. Uh. However, I... Again, I don't... My passion does not lie with singing. Well, Well, it it seems like it may not be... Because you have created the greatest musical of all time, The Courtship of Petunia. <laughs> what, what else I, is there to say, man? I was, it speaks for itself. Oh, my God. I was hanging out with someone last uh, the other night, and we were in here, and he gets a text saying, tell Riley we're listening to the oh, boobies yeah. of tonight. Mm. And he goes, what's the boobies of tonight? I'm like, what isn't the boobies of It's a philosophical statement, <laughs> at the least. <laughs> it is. So currently we have released The Boobies of Tonight That's right. and Courting Petunia. And we've got a few, you've got a few songs on the line that you're ready. songs cooking. I'm very excited to record those. Um, give the, tell the audience a little bit about Courtship of Petunia. So the other thing that makes me laugh outside of random is funny is this idea of overproduction to gross slash inappropriate things. And the the whole... I'm always... I hate to fall into the comedic stereotype, but as a man, I am always talking about penis. Yeah. It is my muse. Yeah. <laughs> and I always just thought, like, what? I, I listened to a lot of, like, parody songs yeah. growing up, and so just... A musical production quality of a penis song really was something I'd been aspiring to do. 
And my favorite musical of all time is Les Mis. Yeah. And, you know, this is going to be a controversial statement. I love the the movie version the most. I like the movie a lot, too. The, it, it, I've I, never seen the actual musical performed. Say what you will. I think Colm does a great job, the original Jean Valjean. But the Hugh Jackman, Anne Hathaway... Eddie Redman and Aaron Tivette performances. Say what you will about Russell Crowe. Okay, we get it. Didn't do the best job singing. But people need to recognize that he is in an actual rock band, so he can sing. Yeah. He just did not well for this. (laughs) And I uh, I, I was obsessed with one day more for the longest time and I would listen listen to it on the way to cross country meets as a way to get ready. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm listening to, right? And so I had always had this song in my mind for years and years and years. And Max, my roommate, Max Charbonneau, shout out to Max Charbonneau, he and I would always do these improv musicals where someone would yell a prompt and we would improvise 1920s show tunes. And because I'm not musically talented, I couldn't write actual music to it. Yeah. And I was always telling him we should make a musical out of this. And the the joke, the ongoing joke is that we were – always singing about this mysterious petunia this girl who we were madly in love with and when i started when i when i came out to him that i love les mis specifically les mis the movie version we just adapted that into the petunia stuff and i have had experience rapping on soundcloud so I know how to use SoundCloud and GarageBand, and I figured, what if I write an actual song about Petunia over the instrumental of One Day More, thus courting Petunia? It's <laughs> it's actually really well done. The production quality, it's, it got better in movies of tonight. It was it's, the first run through. It was the I... first run through with that, but the lyrics are incredible. Ooh. So, for those who don't know, which is everyone, because I hide the plot of this fake musical to myself, it is about these men who want to court this daughter of an illustrious, like, capitalist business tycoon, and if they can marry into the family, they can get money, Yeah. but they don't realize how beautiful she is and how... Not diverse, but how great her personality is. Like, literally anyone can fall in love with Petunia. However, who they think is Petunia is actually a man wearing a dress. So they fall in love with the wrong person. And (laughs) the whole musical is each individual trying to court Petunia. But it's a big, big, like, the bigger message is, you know, how convoluted traditional dating norms are and Mm -hmm. you know how toxic masculinity gets in the way but the bigger joke is they're singing a penis song (laughs) that is supposed to like get this stuff across That they're like you should date me and marry me because of my penis right right yeah so that is basically what the first song courting petunia is about and the second song the boobies of tonight is a parody of the story of tonight from the hit uh tony award-winning musical (laughs) hamilton the the i okay so the the plot plot of each song according petunia the one day more parody they're all 
defending their love for Petunia, right? One guy's like, my, I know I'm not that horny, but I can show you that I'm like ready to be in a good relationship. Stuart's character says he has the biggest penis, so he should be like married to Petunia. Yeah. Uh, the the father figures like don't listen to them. They're all just like crazy horny people. <laughs> Boobies of tonight is post seeing Petunia quote unquote for the yeah. first time, and how they're like I just saw this woman with like beautiful eyes. This character, but above all these boobies, man. <laughs> these boobies and like the they're just all like drooling over her and they want to see those boobies in moonlight right yeah that's right and and what's the next song that you want to work on all right we've got a couple in mind okay there's this musical called 1776 which Mm -hmm. is the first run that i know of of the time period that hamilton takes place in yeah this came before hamilton and they made a very successful movie out of it and there's this number, instead of it being from Hamilton's perspective, it's more so from John Adams and George Washington's perspective. Yeah. And there's a scene where John Adams goes to Congress, and he's like, well, good God, what are what the hell are you waiting for to, like, you know, separate from Great Britain? Yeah. They're debating, like, all the taxes and stuff. And the yeah. musical number they sing is Sit Down John, where all of the members of Congress are telling John to sit down. Yeah. I turned that into the opening number of the show where the father of Petunia asks everybody to lay their case. Who thinks they're worthy enough to marry Petunia? Because this is like a trial or a competition that's gone on and on and on. Like many waves of men have come, in my mind, to try to court Petunia, but the dad and Petunia have all turned them down. Mm. So the opening number, instead of sit down, John, is now erection, where they all have just had an erection the entirety of this time. And so the chorus is like, erection, erection, I have a big erection. So like, in my mind, a full ensemble of people are singing this. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Hopefully, if we can find enough people. But outside of that, so there's a idea for a number i have in mind where they're talking about their first time having sex to the two one of the any song in that show the drowsy chaperone off the top of my head there's a song where it's about tricks the aviatrix comes in Mm -hmm. it's like they're getting married in the sky i don't remember the song right now but i think that would be a good tune to put it over that's that's where we're at so I'm far. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to re- record more. That was such a fun project. That it was weird doing how with. willing everyone was to, you know, be a part it's of it. It's such a funny project. How could you not be willing to do it? I remember a, a guy I'm becoming friendly with now named Rocky mm-hmm. who goes here was doing his laundry on this floor. This is the second laundry yeah. floor. And I stuck my head out of Jonah's room and was like, Rocky, I need you to sing. Didn't know what we were working on, but and he for just some said, yeah. reason sat down and banged out the best vocals of the entire. He's really good vocals. Oh yeah, talented singer. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I did not. I didn't know who it was until you like told me. I was like, I can't believe Rocky just joined yeah. in. Well, what's funny about the 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 courting Petunia song and the booby song? My my dad is just sending these to people. What? Like this is Matt's latest. <laughs> 
in this is what he's doing at comedy school. In this whole, is it. The whole penis thing. The, again, it's a prank, kind of. It's funny to me. In the oof, in eleventh grade, I was in an art history class, and our final project was to do any like a free creative project. And yeah, we were, always had to watch these terribly boring, kind of like Khan Academy videos about various art history yeah. topics. And so I made a satire about penis depicted through art history. And I, and it just worked. And from there, I made a mission to have penis be like in a part the, of your some muse, project. Yeah. And now it's the musical muse. My mu- it, it, it really warms the heart. It does. If you could fan cast Lamez oh with the Seven Floor Theater Company... But not like courting, but not like Petunia lame is, but like real lame is. Who would you cast as who? Mm. Okay. So I'm going immediately Jonah as Jean Valjean. Because that is also who he sings as in yeah. the show. I, I mean, sorry, in the song. In, yeah, in, in courting Petunia. Um, I'm going Stuart as... I'm going to say his name wrong. I think it's like Angel Ross or Angel Ross, who's the at the barricades of freedom guy mm-hmm. or in courting petunia for i have the longest wiener guy yeah i think that eddie would make a sensational what's his name uh the the shoot the guy who is played by borat sasha baron cohen in the movie He's like master of the house. That guy. Yeah. They don't. Re- I don't think they say their names in the show. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Alternatively, I think Max okay. did a great job because he did yeah. sing for that part. Um, His Cockney accent. The Cockney accent. We we shift up on the spot. It's so funny. I think you would be a good um the the wife to that guy. Let me pull up the cast real quick. I, I've i seen Lamez and I know a little bit, but I, I don't know it amazingly. Let's I look think at it. that, and we kind of filled in the rest. With just random. With random voices. So I don't believe we have enough. All right, let me see. Yeah, yeah I'm okay. giving him the, ta- the cast. So we got Jonah Bowen as Jean Valjean. I think that Rocky was a great inspector. Inspector Javert. Marius, I'm going myself. Okay. Which is an ambitious statement, but I believe it would work in my mind. There you go. I I could put you as either Cosette or what Google is telling me is Madame Thénard or something like that. Uh, Who's the wife of the, yeah. the dude? The wife of the dude. Great description. <laughs> Thénardier. That's it. Madame Thénardier. Uh, Max says Thénardier, the, the other yeah. guy. We didn't really have enough people to fill in for Eponine and Fontaine. You, you did Eponine's part, yeah. so I'm going to go that for you. Until we have someone to be Fontaine, who's the I Dreamed a Dream character. Yeah. That's where we're at right now. I'm excited. That's fun. 
I did a fan cast of uh, Ratatouille the musical. Oh, yeah. Ratatouille. Wait, how does it go? Me the Ratatouille. <laughs> the Rat of all my... That's genius. I was like, it's what, so when? good. I got to keep working now. <laughs> like, that is... is that Ratatouille the musical, that's what's inspired you to continue court, uh, the courtship of Petunia? Yeah, I was going to stop at that, but then I saw the, the news coverage of that. It went crazy. And where's the musical? I know. I'm like, <laughs> where is it? And there's I'm like ready the, for it. There's like this Bridgerton musical that they're making, and they're like having real, like real composers. How was Bridgerton being made into a musical before Well, they're, they're not. It's like another fan musical, but they're writing full songs. Oh my God. So like, I, I, I don't saw, know. I don't have... I don't. I just got TikTok, mm-hmm. and I saw a TikTok. I, I saw a TikTok on a YouTube TikTok compilation. Try saying that several times fast. YouTube TikTok compilation. Anyways, <laughs> um, in a puppet maker. You know how the Lion King has puppets? Yeah. A puppet maker had this idea where, hey, the rats should all be puppets, but they they were like head puppets. And how the garbage rats should yeah. all be made of, like, actual trash. But Remy, since he's clean, wouldn't he'd be made of fur? Interesting. This is genius. It is genius. People Where's are really the creative. musical, Riley? <laughs> Where is the fucking it. musical? I want, ra- I want Ratatouille the musical. Listen, I know I'm a nobody in this, in this world. <laughs> but you're, you're dropping the ball by not making... Exactly. Ratatouille into a musical. I think it would be really a sensation. I think it would do really well. No doubt. If COVID wasn't a thing, like, I think maybe they would go full-fledged with it. 100%. Well, maybe when COVID's over, we get a, a, a hopefully the I hype will still be there. I think we're on Mars as people when COVID's over. <laughs> I don't know about we're that. We're just fuck Earth, you know. Um... Jackson coined I was a- finally able to get a name for the segment I've gone every episode having the segment and I, I have not been able to come up with a name it's called memory moment and um, since this is coming out I'm going to be a little narcissistic this is coming out on my birthday oh happy oh, birthday <laughs> thank you it's a <laughs> people were recording this a few days earlier so it's very funny I'm honored to be the birthday guest. yeah you're the birthday I got look at this is what I got for my oh, birthday I got can I describe this yeah go for All it right. people at home we've got Pokemon Boy, which appears to be a multiplayer support uh, shooting game. It's laser tag. Laser tag. Is it Pokemon themed at all? I don't. I, I don't, can't tell. I can't tell either. I think several the... rifles in here. Various laser rifles, not actual rifles. Yeah. I don't imagine those would be allowed on campus. No. Nope. And five star. It's a throwing axe and throwing star game. It looks like you mount this to a wall or door or surface of sorts that can support a target, and you can chuck an axe or a flunk. You, you, you won for your birthday, i got to be honest. Thank you. These are some of the best gifts I've They're ever really <laughs> My mom has the – so it's like a plastic axe throwing thing, and she has it at her house, and I loved it. I wanted to bring it with me, and she's like, oh, it's because it's, it's technically my mom's boyfriend's. And she's like, uh, maybe I'll get you one. And I forgot about it. And then I got it today. I was like, yes. Let's go. Let's go. The laser tag, I feel like it could have a lot of fun, especially the people on this floor. It's going to be got, exciting. You've got 13 floors to work with. Yeah. 
13 floors of pure laser pure tag. fun. <laughs> um, anyway, memory moment. Narcissistic. What is your favorite memory of us? All right. I was told to think about this earlier. Yeah, because I put some people on the spot and they got mad at me that I put and them on the spot. Yes, yeah, so I appreciate the time because I've ruled it down to about two. Okay. The first one is when you were going to Newberry Street. Yeah. And were like, hey, get in. <laughs> and I had just woken up. It was about three o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday or Saturday. Yeah. So I was disoriented to say the least. Yes. And uh, the first call I get is get in. <laughs> and I enter your, your, what kind of car do you drive? A Buick. I enter your Buick and turn around to see <laughs> Jonah Bowen sprawled out across sev- several people <laughs> in the arms of various people. Yeah. And um, you were like, unfazed by any of what was going on and <laughs> it's just no one going to talk about the lack of seatbelt going on in the back <laughs> jonah is the seatbelt. he belt. was kind of yeah it was kind of similar to when you get in a roller coaster and the guard comes <laughs> down over you that's what jonah was acting as yeah and you we we went to several shops and you bought boots yeah and we had a impression kind of sesh yeah cipher and you the most obscure the mini lemur from mort mort from madagascar yeah. was your contribution that's the first memory i have the the second one would probably have to be the recording of courting petunia yeah. because just seeing how passionate you were about my penis project that's a lot of alliteration yeah. for you was very again alarming I remember telling Jonah, asking him, and I didn't even get to say the content, what and it he was just about. Said yes. I was like, hey, can you be on my thing? And he was like, yes. You don't want to hear what it... No, I don't want to hear what it's about. I'm on. It's so it's such a fun project. I'm glad you enjoyed how... I'm very passionate about this music. Yeah, you were there for it. Yeah. You were, you were one of the nitpicky people. Jonah, you... Well, everybody was pretty nitpicky, but Eddie was kind of just... All right, can I go? <laughs> can I leave now? I'm like, no, we need to we need to record this to be perfect. I was like, Jonah, do this. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's these notes, Jonah. God damn it. I also, I forgot to mention that, again, the overproduction to n- unnecessary things. That assignment was, not assignment, that project was actually an assignment for a class I had. Mm-hmm. But all I had to do was write a screenplay. I didn't have to record anything, and, and I just thought it would be funny to my professor. Hey, I I went the extra mile and blow his mind, but he was unfazed. He was unfazed. Why is everyone unfazed by my penis, Patrick Riley? It's Emerson. He was. Ge- it was weird to get feedback from a grown man about my penis song, <laughs> and ask him get questions about my creative process. I mean, I had the answers, but like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't think. <laughs> but you did, you were surprised to get them. That's funny. Um, well, we're running out of time. It oh, was... One more thing. Yes. Sorry. I forgot Jackson was on the song. Yeah. And I think he would be a great Fontaine. Oh, okay. I.e. the woman who sings I Dreamed a Dream. Yeah. There we go. Jackson, you got a few things to address. Yeah. And now you're going to be Fontaine. Your debt needs to be paid. <laughs> Only by being Fontaine and by addressing the rumors. That's right. He's so controversial. I can't believe I had him on the show. That was such a risky business move. 
Um, thank you so much for coming on. I'm very excited. Riley, um, thank you for having me. Of course. You're one of the most interesting people I've ever met. So oh my gosh. This is... I, that can't be true. I refuse to believe. No, I'm kidding. Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate that. It was lovely having you on the show. Um, I'm trying to think. Do you have anything you want to plug while you're Ooh, here? Okay. Well, uh, I, ha- I, I am still in disbelief, but I am a part of Scripted Chaos. I don't know if you've had people on here mention that in the past. Yeah, Jonah. Right. Yeah. He, Jonah, along with our friend Zoe, are the showrunners. I'm just there, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot more talented sketch writers who were a part of that. I was in your, your yeah. booger sketch. By the way, that, that was a runner-up for my second favorite memory because <laughs> Riley had me pick my nose for at least thirty minutes collectively, like in like close-up camera. I, shots. It was outdoors. Many people were turning their heads and looking at me. Like, is he picking his? No- I had I heard Jonah. I heard someone laugh at me picking my nose. <laughs> um, stand up in the park, man. You yeah, got it. my favorite thing in the world. I have done more stand up within the past couple of months than all of yeah. my high school career. And, uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at with plugging stuff. Awesome. Hey, everyone. It's Riley. I'm editing right now. Because of some technical difficulties, this episode wasn't able to be released on my birthday. But since uh, the recording of this episode, we've got news that Stand Up in the Park is going to be returning this Friday, March 5th, um, in the Boston Common. So we have shows right now scheduled for two five and eight those are subject to change because of weather it's very cold in boston but those are what they are right now um schwartz and i will be performing everybody should come on out and uh listen to some fun stand-up comedy it's gonna be a good time all right well thank you so much um everybody stay tuned for more episodes um next time i have jackson on for let's have a drink news i'm gonna have him address you some more Appreciate stuff. It. Could, could I possibly end with one Jackson Bailey story? Go for it. Story. All right. So my my personal favorite Jackson Bailey tale, it's more of an urban legend, is, and I don't know if your source discussed this at Who all, knows? is his lumberjack confrontation. No. Jackson Bailey, all right, allegedly is a master woodworker. And I have had seen inklings of this in his dorm room. There's always, like, shavings of wood, and it smells like burnt pine all the time. <laughs> I took wood shops, so I, there are some telltale signs. Yeah. And allegedly, in his time in, you know, the Alps and, you know, where evergreen trees yeah. grow, Jackson Bailey once had, like, a Rambo-esque confrontation against a commune of lumberjacks oh. in which he deforested their local forest a spite out no out of because jackson bailey's a pescatarian yeah and allegedly their their logging was getting in the way of this reservoir of salmon his favorite Mm. he loves salmon yeah and he was like i can't stand for this and just went to their went to a different reserve of trees that were theirs in where their Lincoln yeah. Log houses are built and just went to town. So crazy. He's, le- he's leading a false laugh. I don't know what this WLP nonsense is. I don't, I don't think he's written a day in his life. I always see him on his computer, but he's never writing. I think he's plotting another Rambo escapade. Wow. Hope I don't end up on that. Side what a, what a what a cliffhanger. <laughs> That's the cliff. All right. He's got a lot to respond yeah. to in this next Yeah, segment. exactly. 
All right, uh, everybody, uh, please tune in the next episode, and I will catch you on the flip side. Adios.